In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Chad Allen, Zach Romero. Zach, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing just fine, Chad. Uh, I think we're having ourselves an unusually focused episode of the IndieCast, if I may be so bold. Yeah, I, I think I would agree on that one, but I'm, I'm okay with that. We are focused because uh, this coming Friday... Uh, on good old IWTV, for those of you that are not subscribed to IWTV, you should be. Go do that after you get done listening to the episode. Listen to us first. But uh, uh, on Friday, there's actually a double header with a, uh, a amazing company called Action Wrestling, who uh, we are actually sponsoring one of their matches. Yes, uh, the WRN is uh, sponsoring uh, sponsoring matches now, and we love it. Uh, and to talk about that show and just independent wrestling as a whole and being a promoter, we have the promoter of Action Wrestling with us. One, Mr. Matt Griffin, is our guest today. Matt, welcome to the IndieCast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and talking uh, talking wrestling. Definitely. Well, we're we're glad to do it, and, and we're excited about the show be- that you've got coming up. Uh, actually, a double header, I should say. Um, so you've got a lot to we've got a lot to talk about, but obviously we have one match in particular we kind of focused in on for us. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that in a second because uh, first things first, we like to start every episode uh, with what we like to call the lightning round. Um, five questions to get some of those kind of dumb podcast questions out of the way that you get every time you go onto a podcast. Um, <laughs> and then from there, we usually fall off at about question three. Uh, so question one for you, sir, since you are the promoter of uh, Action, tell us a little bit about when uh, when Action debuted and where's the uh, where's kind of your base of operations? Uh, well, I'm, I run shows out of Tyrone, Georgia. It's a little bit south of Atlanta and the Atlanta airport. And uh, I'm very thankful with IWTV that despite us being a Georgia promotion, you can see us worldwide. I've, I've found reviews uh, in French. I've found reviews in Japanese. I've, had, I've shipped merch to England. So it's, it's very cool through IWTV that basically we're not just based in Georgia. We're, we tape out of Georgia but our stuff can be seen everywhere. Um, that's not how it was when I was growing up. And yeah. there's another part to that question. I forget it because. <laughs> no, oh, when, when was the official, like when's the origin date of action? Okay. Uh, we uh, had our first show in April, April, 2018. Uh, but I, I, Really, the the genesis started. I mean, I'd been wanting to run shows for a number of years since I was a wrestler, and in 2017 in my town, I just kind of fell into something that was going to be uh, ideal, and I I promote shows in my hometown. Uh, I ran a first show as a benefit for the Make Wish Foundation in Georgia. It went well, so I did another. And then I did another, and I think now we have 29 events up on IWTV. Very nice. Well, Matt, since you were also a uh, professional wrestler uh, in the past, I will ask the professional wrestling question uh, that we try to get out of the way as well. Who trained you, and when did you debut? I was trained by Cuball Carmichael and Jimmy Cicero. Uh, we also worked uh, a little bit with Joey Matthews, and uh, a.k.a. Joey Mercury, and Christian York. 
Um, I had my first match May 1st, 1999. So I'm an old, broke down, bitter <laughs> wrestler. Matt, are you out of the Maryland area? I was in Virginia. I was in the uh, I was in the Marine Corps. Okay. Uh, I was active duty in uh, in the Marines, and I trained. Um, I I had a very unique situation. I've told the story a couple times, but just real quick. Um, sure. I met Cuball Carmichael when he was promoting what was called IPWA mm-hmm. uh, in, in Northern Virginia, um, and they ran uh, shows in high schools uh, uh, and uh, out of a bar called the secret cove and they had a lot of uh they had a lot of nice talent that came through there uh from north carolina from the uh, northeast and and it, that was a nice spot met cue ball and started talking to him found out he trained people he didn't have a training facility at the time so basically what he did because he took a shine to me his brother was a marine um he took me on the road I essentially, I essentially was his, yeah, I was, I was essentially his young boy, which was, uh, not a bad thing. I would drive, I'd pick him up at his house and he'd take me to shows, uh, mostly in Maryland, Maryland championship wrestling ran a lot of Sunday nights, um, at the time and they had a lot of high school events and they were not, you know, they were within a couple hours. So. Uh, I would go there. I went up to an ECWA Super 8 in 99 or 98 or 99. Um, and he would pay for the gas and I'd get to learn like that. I met, I met tons of people, uh, tons of guys who went on to be huge stars. And I got a real good education in the business on those road trips. Um, and then it was not quite a year later that he did get a train a place to train and I could uh then I became a wrestler but I had my education before I going before I ever took my first bump Matt this is really scary you and I have probably crossed paths at some point because that I is... used to be a uh, very big uh, I used to live in the Maryland area and used to go to uh Maryland championship all the time especially in that time frame because I remember uh cue ball and uh Cicero were I think part of a stable together for a while total uh, Quality management. management. Yes, Tiki. The with the with the that theme music used to get people so angry. Zach, I wish you could understand the <laughs> anger that this theme music used. Just the music itself used to cause when these guys used to come out. Absolutely, hundred percent. They used to and they used to wear uh, uh, freaking turtlenecks. Uh, that was like <laughs> they they had like this uniform of like these these white turtlenecks and and like pants and Cicero could draw like like heat to like moth to a flame. He like people just hated him. And yeah, I was a big fan of cue ball and I've actually got some autographed pictures of cue ball somewhere here in my house. But yeah, no, I, uh, I remember them feuding with, um, the slackers, uh, for quite a while, which was, uh, Chad and Dino, I believe they were feuding with for a little while who were running like a Jay and silent Bob gimmick. Yeah. Um, and it was absolutely wonderful. And, uh, God, man, you're bringing back some scary memories for me. I haven't thought about some of this in forever. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Maryland no, championship was running, was running really good shows there. Uh, they were real nice to me. I wasn't one of their students, but they, you know, I, I, I probably helped out here or there. They had a, a training school, so they had, mm-hmm. you know, everything set, but they were, they were very nice to me um dan mcdevitt and mark schrader and uh gosh i can't remember who else was involved in running but um 
That was those very are, cool. Those are your big two there. And actually, I remember I was uh, I was supposed to go talk to Mark the Shark at uh, Bone Breakers, which is their training center, um, because I was actually going to start to go to try to train and uh, become like a ring announcer with them. I was I was doing radio broadcasting, and I wanted to try to become a, a ring announcer with them for a little bit because their ring announcer had gone off to um, like police academy. Um, so I was I was talking to them for a little bit, and that was legitimately like two weeks. I showed up the day they decided they were going to close down uh, for the oh. first time. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, no, it was it was really sad because it was like everybody was walking in for this big meeting, and I went, uh, "This doesn't look like something I should be here for." And then and then they announced like the next day they were closing. It was like, "Oh, that's what that meeting was." But uh, oh. but yeah, no, but yeah, I'm glad they're running again too. By the way, they're they're an excellent company. If you're in Maryland, anybody who's listening, go to Maryland Championship. They put on great shows. So. Um, so how explain just a little bit how does a wrestling education work when you're going with the, the the information well before taking a bump like you said you're on the road you're listening to you know I'm sure um, ring psychology and how uh, certain it, things work it, it was less uh it, it was some of stuff like that but a lot of it was just business practices uh and how to mm, how to conduct yourself, uh, seeing how people were professionals and uh, and how professionals handled themselves. Um, you know, there we we would we would talk about matches. Um, I and he would go ahead and describe. Uh, for example, he he had a first match with one of their kids, Keenan Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was uh, a real athletic kid. Uh, he had his first match with cue ball because he was that type. You could put him in there. So uh, basically what he did is cue ball called the match in the back and then called it back to Keenan in the ring, like a minute or two into the match. He gives cue ball a hip toss and it looked very weird because he takes the hip toss and then he immediately, just the way it happened, he powders to the outside and I, I find out later the whole story. So it's Maryland. You probably know that you can't bleed. So, on the hip toss, his arm, he, he kind of goes down with him. He doesn't just release him up high. And he got elbowed in the eye, got split open. And he's like, oh. shit, shit, this is kid's first match. He doesn't want the commission to see. So he's desperately trying to wipe blood away and hope that it's uh, it's not seen. Um, and it wasn't. They they were able to go ahead and do their seven or eight minutes. And, uh, and you know, and he, he would he would tell me stuff like that. You know, but without getting in there, taking bumps, hitting the ropes, and starting to do moves, there was only so much of an understanding I had. True, very true. Very interesting, man. So, um, it's interesting if we're also still in the lightning round. Let me go Oops, to questions. Yeah. That's okay. Matt, uh, you're far th- too interesting, too early in the program. That's right. Let me <laughs> question. Uh, question three. Uh, what is your first wrestling memory? My first wrestling memory. I'm sure that I saw wrestling before because my dad used to tell me that he saw like Sam Martino in Boston and um, hit that he saw wrestling at the Boston Garden. Um, But my first memory that I I remember was February 1989, the main event, the mega powers explode. Mm. So that's the that's the first memory I have. So that's February. It leads into that leads into WrestleMania. 
Um, I didn't see WrestleMania five live or anything like that. We didn't have cable and I wasn't quite into it yet, but it inspired me to start watching superstars, uh, out of Worcester mass where I, um, I grew up in that area. There was a channel that had like one of those blocks of wrestling that had like world, uh, like world-class IWCCW, uh, no, it wasn't world-class. It was USWA that had, I remember I saw the Chris Adams versus Steve Austin feud. Um, oh, very nice over uh, over what ended up being Steve Austin's well, like uh, Chris Adams, Steve Austin's wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I I would watch uh, Superstars and Challenge, and then I became addicted. If WWF had a program on, I remember staying up till one a.m. some nights and trying to sneak down to watch the TV on like a wrestling spotlight because it was a show I didn't have. But then they started advertising for July eighteenth, nineteen eighty nine a show at the Worcester Centrum and it turns out WWF tapes TV. So that was a superstars of wrestling Saturday night's main event taping. Oh, wow. So, so my first show was the Saturday night's main event where Hogan wrestles honky tonk and the brain busters defeat demolition two out of three falls to win the WWF tag titles. That was very the hell of a uh, opening show. volley. Yeah. Yes. I'm 11 years old, and that's my first show. And <laughs> I, I still have the tickets up from it. Very nice. Matt, I would also like to thank you, by the way. Usually when this question comes up, uh, Zach and I turn to dust uh, because we have a lot of young kids on the show. Or, you know, yeah, obviously. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. so it was like three years ago. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, like, I oh earliest watch... wrestling memory, uh, John Cena at wrestling. We're like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, please. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't really watch the old stuff like The Rock and John Cena. Oh, oh. God, right. we've had people say that, too. The old stuff. And then, yeah, it's like. Rock and Austin. I'm like, oh, if you only knew what the old stuff was, my friend. That's... Yeah, you want to shoot yourself. Yeah. So, uh, question four. Uh, you are stuck on a deserted island. You have only one CD to uh, keep you entertained while you are stuck on that island. What? Uh, what's the CD that you got in hand? Um. Uh, that's a good question. Um. My comical answer would be the Full Metal Jacket soundtrack. Okay. Because it, because you can get both Rolling Stones painted black and Surfin' Bird by the Trashman. Awesome. True, true. And it's got Nancy Sinatra. Uh, these boots are made for walking. Of course. Hey, baby, you got girlfriend Vietnam? <laughs> um, so that's my joke answer. And my real answer is probably something by Nirvana or The Doors. Okay, excellent. Very nice. Well, so your you jerk agree? answer was actually fantastic. Like I have right. to keep that in my back pocket now. Do you do you agree that Full Metal? Do you do you watch the the entirety of Full Metal Jacket, or do you agree that that movie ends once Private Pile kills himself? No, that's a great movie. It's the duality. That's, that's okay. That's the whole point. No, it's the Vietnam stuff is great. Um, I, I had yes the the bad words too, but when I was in the Marines, I used to um, march up and down the uh, barracks. And quote Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, and uh, very loudly. So when I had younger Marines, that was always fun because it's like they don't know what to say, and uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. No, there's yeah. a lot of good stuff in the second half of that. Like, uh, you know, what's that on your? It's oh, it's a peace pin, sir. Uh, does this mean Anne Margaret's not coming? 
Uh, you know, the surfing bird scene when they, they, they do the camera roll and they're all, it's Vietnam, the movie. Um, them singing uh, the Mickey Mouse theme song as they're all like, mar- you know, marching away at the end. That's, yeah, another <laughs> excellent movie all around. And uh, True, final but, qu- I, but the, oh. the origin of that question is like so much of it pop culturally is from the first half and that's it. Yes. There, well, but, but that's just because it's better doesn't mean the second half is not good. It's just that, true. you know, it's got it's it's got Arlie Ermey mm-hmm. in the first half. And he says all the controversial stuff that people love to quote. So that's yeah. true. That's true. So uh, and final question of the lightning round, interestingly enough, Brett uh, asking me all these lightning round questions. No, I don't. I love it. you kidding. This is a, this is, it makes my day. Uh, Marvel or DC and why? Ooh, yes. Uh, expand the question. Comic books or films? You can go... You Be more specific, because I'm a comic book guy. Good. No, you, uh, you <laughs> can go, quite honestly, any, any direction you want with that one. Let's say, actually, uh, let, usually let's... The, question, the, the question gets shrunk down by our guests, and, and right. by that I mean they usually just stick with the movies, and it's Marvel or Batman. Right. So let me so let me ask you first then which if you uh, if we we have you in a comic store which way are you going Marvel or DC? See that's also a difficult question. I say that <laughs> as a comic book nerd. What what, um, what era of Marvel and DC are we talking here? Despite the fact that I have an old Sp- uh, Amazing Spider-Man collection, I don't have a one, and I sold my Amazing Fantasy fifteen, but I have most of the key issues from two um, up till uh, uh, most of the key issues from like two to fifty. Um, I don't even read Spider-Man now. Uh, there's very little from Marvel I'm reading. Uh, so I'm mostly DC, but the key answer would be that I'm probably more image than anything. Image is, okay. the, the image is doing the real shit. And as far as movies, I haven't even seen the third Avengers one yet. Um, I've been watching, we just watched Iron Man and Iron Man 2 with my kids. I actually am not the biggest comic movie fan. Okay. They are, they are too. They become too formula. Uh, uh, I actually had to sit through Wonder Woman eighty four, and three seconds into the movie, you can tell it's like, oh, those are the two bad guys. Yeah, right. Because of all right, that's great. That's their origin story. They're a geek. But my favorite was probably uh, the, the the second the second of the new Batman's, the uh, Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean that's just. It's got that. It's got everything I I want. It's it because it treats the subject matter very seriously. Well, let me ask you that. This is like a kind of a spin-off question. Do you do you feel like a comic book movie maybe has a better shot at being interesting and 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 being a positive experience if they just completely just lift from a particular run of a series? Like if it's not just like a nebulous. Batman story, but if it's like, oh, it's uh, Batman Hush, or it's uh, Long Halloween, or something along those lines, or do you think coming up with something totally new is the safer way to go, since you're not having to worry about doing anything justice? Um, I think I think with a movie, it's it's more than anything. It's about it's about the tone of it. Like I want stuff to be serious. I, I really um, like like despite the fact that I I've done comedy, I don't really watch. Most most uh, I really don't watch comedy. Um, I don't watch really sitcoms 
because I think so much comedy can be bad. I, I think I, I really like watching stuff that's dramatic. Um, I don't watch much that's quote unquote light. So uh, I feel like the tone, like what I think that Christopher Nolan Batman movies really nailed is they took the shit seriously. I mean, Batman was serious. Um, the last half hour of the first Avengers movie, it's it's just like, uh, who cares? Because I know the end of the fight. I know what's going to happen. So it's so it's like all right, all these all these these uh, you know the bad guys are. I haven't seen it since it was in the theater, but they're falling out of the sky. You know, none of this matters. It's you know it's it's got to be it's got to be story driven and take it seriously. There have to be stakes, and I don't feel like the Marvel movie. A lot of the Marvel movies have serious stakes. Okay, that's a boy, fair criticism. Boy, you didn't expect you were going to get this tonight, did you? <laughs> I mean, it's some it's some spicy hot takes. I'll give I'll give you that. Definitely. Now let me let me turn it on. Let me turn this on its head a little bit. So let's. I'm going to kind of go from comparing the the Marvel movies and the like to wrestling and wrestling fans. Do do some wrestling fans take wrestling too seriously? I don't think you can take wrestling too seriously. I think okay. uh, so much. I don't think it's so much that. Uh, I think certain wrestling fans like turn on the product to the point where they're actively i i don't like when people hate watch stuff i mm. it's because and the the reason is not just because it's like okay you could compare it to watching your sports team you know if your football team is like four and 12 or five and 11 every season and you still watch the games that you, you could make a comparison like that the the problem is that there's there's so many good products out there like if you don't like what's on TV on Mondays, watch the other thing on Wednesdays. If you don't like any of that, get an IWTV Live subscription and watch the Indies. You know, there's there's so much good stuff out there. There's so much happening. Uh, I mean, I, I'm in the business, and it's my job to stay up on this. And there's so there's so many matches that I'm told I need to see that I never get to. And there's stuff every weekend. And I have, you know, I have an IWTV account and I can, I can see basically, you know, whatever I want. And there's, there's so much that I never get to. So I think that's what annoys me because if you're hate watching something, you're ignoring a product that's really going to be good and entertaining. Okay. That's fair. So that's where I think it can become (laughs) bad. (laughs) And you know, and I will just say that when they when people start who have never taken a bump, you know, you can you can say as a wrestling fan, if you pay money for a product or you support it with your time, you can say I don't like this wrestler or I didn't like this match or I think it sucked. Um, I think somebody has that. That's you know that's that's valid. Whether it's you know whether somebody agrees with it or not, that's that's a separate matter. What I hate is when. Uh, when they try to get involved in the schematics of a match or booking, because if you're doing a good job as a booker, you're not revealing your problems. And true. you simply might've just not been able to get, you know, get this talent to come back. So you have to change a booking plan or, uh, or you might have, you know, have stuff has to change. Uh, because someone somebody isn't going to work out, and if you're doing a good job, you never let the crowd know. So creatively, things might be different, but I really hate when people get it's 
without getting too in the weeds, it sh- it should be just like watch it, and if you don't enjoy it, switch just switch the damn channel. That's okay. It. I like that. I like that philosophy. That's it, because there's, I mean, like, there's so much stuff, good stuff that I don't get to see. So I know if you're spending three hours, you know, hate tweeting a show, then you're definitely not seeing everything. All right, fair enough. So, so as a promoter, so now we're out of the the, the lightning round. So now we can get to the nitty gritty and start burning some bridges and, uh, and closing <laughs> some doors. Let's do that. So, as a promoter, you're in Georgia. Um, or in the Georgia area, and you've got one of the most varied rosters that I think we get to see on the Indies right now. You you keep things rotating. You've got a great diversity, and so you've got a lot of positives going in. But thank you, especially in the South. You know, we're obviously in Florida. There's a ton of talent that's really really young and just getting into wrestling, like just graduating from wrestling school and hitting the ground running. And so sometimes I'll hear from younger talent that they're discouraged very early on by being job guys, as they say, or, or, or not getting their moment in the sun. And I don't know if it's a matter of their attaching self-esteem to a win-loss record, which I think is a terrible idea, or what it is. But I'm curious if, A, do you run into that of young talent feeling discouraged early on or that they don't get their moment in the sun? And if you do run into that, how do you respond to such a thing? They don't come back. Okay. <laughs> no. Very, very simply, Ouch. Okay. Very no, I mean, that's, that's something love. that to, it's, I mean, it's not even tough love. It's just, it's just business because it was, the business is a work. Okay. Uh, I don't like to ever talk about that because to me growing up, I knew that, wrestling was predetermined choreographed not real when i was 11 or 12 what what pissed me off is that everybody everybody wanted to tell me that all the time that wrestling was not real they wouldn't let me believe and think about it because it doesn't fucking matter because guess what daniel craig didn't really jump out of that goddamn airplane true and you know sigourney weaver really didn't escape from a fucking uh alien on a space you know a spaceship uh the uh nostromo i'm just screwing up i'm looking at uh one of my statues of a giant alien here and i'm screwing up the damn reference um but it does i've had it happen a couple times to me it to, to me the way that people should think about it the, the young kids is if you make it onto my roster and if you if you so much as have a shot where i say i'm considering you that should be a compliment because i'm not just going to put anybody on my show there are there are places or uh, there are lots of places where young talent can can show up and get on easily and i've given lots of young talent shots and i have I have some wrestlers who I want to give chances to in the future, but uh, if the, if that's a kid's attitude, uh, six months or a year in the business, I, I'd tell them to quit. They that's the best thing they can do for themselves is just quit if they care about wins and losses. Um, I mean, there's there's plenty of wrestlers who show up. I mean, I have some at my show where I've been able to fit some of them in. Um, Damian Tanger, I'll use Damian Tanger as an example. 
he he came to several of my shows and helped out and i got him a couple little things and he when we were able to start again post covid um he came and helped out at two of my shows and you know set up tear down and everything and then when a spot was going to become available in november it's like hey i need somebody to work with cabana man dan or uh, alex kane okay let's give it a spot to tangra when i need somebody to work with cabana man dan because he did well the following month okay let's give it to tangra he had two really good matches he's got a great attitude and it's, he's like it's like okay it's the right place right time and he's the type of talent i want to find somebody for um and it's damien tangra he's trained by ar fox uh out of atlanta and uh i mean it's that type of attitude uh, if if you have young kids who are attaching self-worth to wins and losses, and if you have young kids who, if they've been in the business for five minutes, think they're owed something, get the... F- Can I swear? Yeah, Ooh, please. Get I say, we've been swearing off. significantly on this, this Tackle, recording already. <laughs> Tackle, drop down, leave the fucking business, because there are three people behind you who are going to have a better attitude. Uh, and I will trade. I would rather have somebody with a better attitude who is going to be coachable and will work with us than somebody who's got all the talent in the world and is a shithead. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't tend to work, work too well with that. So let me, and that type of thing pisses me off because I put in, I put in my years as, you know, I wrestled. So when I'm a promoter, if I'm asking somebody to do something, basically everything I've asked somebody to do, I've done before. I have bled, got thumbtacks stuck in my head. I have, and I've never asked anybody to do that as a promoter, by the way. I've gone through tables. Uh, I've, I've taken big bumps. Uh, I've done all that stuff myself. And uh, in 2019, I had some matches, and I it was in my the back of my head. It's like I want to prove to these young these young guys that when I'm putting them into these situations and giving them matches, and we're talking stuff through, that I'm willing to put myself out there just like they are. I'm not fantasy booking something, you know, just because I thought I could do it better than they show on Monday nights. Right, and I think it's a great attitude to have. It's. You know, I have in 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 business the, a good attitude will will be able to earn you so much. And if the timing isn't right, then just wait till the timing is right, or just keep you know you got to keep at it. It's a very tough time right now. Hmm. Interesting. You, you kind of mentioned timing right now, especially and and obviously with with COVID going on right now, timing for for wrestling has been interesting to say the least. Um, how have you? felt and how how has it been for you running in in covid and then how do you feel about um some of the these larger kind of like the 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 larger shows the um the festival type shows i think i'll call them um and how and how they're running things um so i'm interested in your opinion kind of on both sides i mean right now we're in a situation i i feel like if you can run safely and, and if you can mandate masks and uh, you can have so, and you have social distancing. I I'm not as down on running shows. Um, I think it's more about that than how many people you have. If I mean, there's there's some places that aren't requiring masks, and there's almost no masks in the crowd. That's that's tough. That's that's tough because 
uh, I feel like my shows are are fairly safe. I mean, no no fans give me crap about masks. So, um, I mean the big I mean the big shows like if you're talking about the if you're referencing the WrestleMania weekend shows, yeah. Uh, you know, if you have safety measures in place, which you know everybody everybody knows what it's like going in. You know that they're gonna have you're gonna have spacing, and you're gonna expect that you got to, um, um, that you you gotta expect that you got to uh, try to be safe, um, and yes, there are risks involved. So we have to do what we can to mitigate the risks. I don't know if that's a half-assed answer or not, <laughs> but it's it's more. I'm I'm more frustrated with promotions that just you know. Oh, we, you know, we're freedom and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to mandate masks or anything like that. I mean, come on. That would, that's, that's something that frustrates me more. Um, yeah, no, I had seen an advertisement for a, an indie show. I don't remember where it was and I'm, I'm, it wasn't anywhere near us here in Florida, surprisingly almost, um, that was uh, like giving a discount if you wore your mask. But no, nope. like they weren't, they weren't demands like, oh, it's, you know, $8 normally, but if you wear your mask, we'll let you in for five. And I'm like, do you really have to get to that? Is that really what you have to do in your area to get people to try to come in with the mask that it's like, I, I will be paying no dollars and not coming into that show. Cause that, that scares me right away. Um, and yeah, I, you know, it's, it's sad for me as a fan. I've, I've had to cut down on my lot, obviously on live wrestling, just cause I'm not comfortable even with you know and, and i understand most of the great companies are putting in the right measures but man i'm not comfortable walking into it yet but that's the joy i guess right now especially like you said of, of things like iwtv where you can still get your wrestling fix especially for the independent scene right through right through that type of setup and you're getting seen all over the place so that's you know helping expand expand your business even even better on that one so um kind of speaking iw and and i and i'm and I distance seats out. I have limited seating because I have a small building. Uh, my my sellout uh, my sellout would be two fifty. Okay. Uh, with with extra people in the building, I get up to about I I get up to about two eighty. Okay. And, and you can look at one of my uh, shows on the award winning IWTV Live Network with promo code Action for a free five day trial, and see that I do not have. 280 people in the building right well very interesting uh for those of you that might want to go on to iwtv on friday uh and use that code action to uh to get yourself signed up for it so you can see the shows you have a double header right now let's talk a little bit about that double header the uh the first one is uh starting i believe at uh six o'clock six o'clock six thirty why am i blanking on the time right now i had it in front of me Times are difficult. Yeah, <laughs> uh, currently I, for me today too. So, hey, I screw myself up all the time and have <laughs> to be uh, and have to check my notes and my spreadsheets. It's like, did I? Did, did, am I thinking correctly? Did I say what I said? Or right? Uh, but it's going to be. Uh, we're going live on IWTV uh, for our first show at six thirty Eastern, uh, and that's going to be called No Easy Way Out, and that features the last independent wrestling match of Anthony Henry. Um, so it'll be 6.30 Eastern, and then 
at nine o'clock. Uh, we'll be featuring. See, it took me a second. What did I even call the second show? It's eyes. <laughs> it's eyes on the throne, and that'll be at nine Eastern. And that is going to the main event of that is going to be AC Mac, the only action champion, defending in the no DQ match against Eric Royal. And uh, AC Mac has been the action champion for 796 days. Whew. Yes. He's the only one to have held that belt. And like you said, and, and yeah, and, uh, Eric Royal, though, I'll give you credit. That is, that is quite the challenger to have, uh, have coming in for this. So that's, that's going to be one to definitely watch at nine. But um, I want to go back a little bit briefly and let's talk about the uh, Anthony Henry match um, because he's, not only is this going to be his last independent gig, which is a, a big deal, um, but uh, he's fighting somebody who I think is probably going to be, at least in my opinion, um, if he's not already kind of considered a breakout star. But I think like his, uh, Nolan Edward is going to be if is going to be a household name. I think before you know it. Um, and, I think on the indies, he, uh, Nolan Edward already is. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So. You know, and it's just he's just growing his. Uh, he could, he's one of the guys who's versatile. He's become known as a deathmatch guy on the ICW No Holds Barred stuff. He's also a very good wrestler, and he had uh, he had matches with Angelus Lane and JD Drake on my September and October shows that were fantastic, very violent, very good wrestling. And then you know he can go wrestle uh, Dan Moff and get thrown out a fucking window. <laughs> and that's captivating too. So very true. Um, so yeah, he's he is definitely becoming uh, and making himself into an in demand guy. And he won the us. Uh, he won the Action Scenic City Futures Showcase Tournament um, in October. Very nice. So, how long do you think before we start seeing him going after the action title? Then, because that seems that seems like that might be his next step after. Because this seems like this is the. Uh, this might be that crossing point for him if he can if he can get past Anthony Henry in in this type of match. Well, he's got Anthony Henry this Friday night, and then AC Mack versus Eric Royal is the main event of the second show in a no DQ match, and that's my comment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, some other matches that, and by the way, that's and for those of you wondering, that's the match we're sponsoring because uh, I. So I, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, no, but I, that was one of those things where we, I saw that match come up and you had mentioned that like, Hey, we're looking for fun. And there was no way I could like, I remember I told the guys, we have a, a little chat for those of us in the wrestling nerds here. And I'm like, we have to put down for this. There's no way I can't like be a part, be a part of the action of this one. And not, no pun intended, the action of this one. But, um, but no, that that's going to be an absolutely amazing match. A couple other matches I kind of want to mention real quickly here um, that I don't know. If thank it, you. So I just want to say publicly, thank you so much for your sponsorship. It's so, I mean, it's tough. I can go ahead and double my attendance if I do double headers, but still, there's a lot of costs because I can oh, only God have there. a certain I can only have a certain amount of, of people in. So sponsorships, you know, for for uh, for individual matches and for shows is such a huge deal and it's very appreciated because it allows yeah. us it allows us to be able to do what we're doing right now and 
like I said, what you and what you've got going on here has been has been excellent. From because I've obviously been watching a lot of your your older stuff that's already on IWTV, and I'm I can tell you right where I'm going to be at you know six thirty on Friday once I uh, once I I get done with work. I'm feeding the kids early so I can go uh, sit down in front of my <laughs> television. Um, another match I'm really interested in, and uh, somebody who I've just been introduced myself to recently, uh, Logan Creed, who I have seen. He's been down here in Florida a few times, and I do. Uh, I'm a big fan of Logan Creed, but uh, Hoodfoot um, yes. uh-huh. is somebody I'm just starting to really get introduced to, and uh, I'm very interested in seeing how this match is going to go because this is almost this is almost like freaking Battle of the Kaiju's here with with these two. Not no offense to O'Shea Edwards, who obviously. <laughs> He would take offense, yes. Yeah, so let me back that which, one. Maybe which, back that one up a little bit. But which, funny enough, I'll just plug it on our S Scenic City, our, our Action Scenic City Future Showcase tournament, which is on IWTV on the Action Channel. Logan Creed and O'Shea Edwards squared off, and they literally broke the ring. That's what there, we're looking for. There was literally a corner. We had to tell the wrestlers backstage, it's like, to stay out of this corner. And yeah. They checked it in intermission. It's like, eh. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry that's done nothing we can do about that so, so uh I, I also am interested to see what's going to happen uh, <laughs> in action dylan hales and i really take a lot of pride in promoting interesting new matchups that aren't happening anywhere else well i was gonna say as a quick question do. i want to because you've showcased already a very clear vision of like business and, and, and using this as a business and um, giving the people what they want. What would you say is the percentage of booking for action? That is like, this is exclusively for fans and what I'm getting buzz and reaction to, and I'm giving people what they want versus this is for me. I'm booking this for me. I need to see this in my life before I die. Uh, If I could answer that. I don't think I've ever booked a match that I did not want to see. Good. That's excellent. And that goes that goes for uh that goes for anything I've been involved with on Scenic City uh as well. Um on the Scenic City invitationals and future show future showcases. I am scouring my brain. Um even when it's a spot where it's like, all right, we want to give a guy a, a, or gal a try and see if if this is a good fit, you know. And it's like, let's let's take kick the tires. Let's see let's see what we got because I've had success with just giving somebody a uh, a shot, and then it's like, okay, uh, I mean, that's what I did with, for example, Bobby Flacco, and over two years later, he's a key part of the roster, um, and you know, he he was a guy who just you know he got in, he he took the the little opportunities, snatched them, and made the most out of them, and. And he's he's one of my key guys. Um, so, yes, we're booking. We're booking for fans. We're booking to see, you know, you know, what do people want to see? But we're also, you know, also it's like, what do people not know what they, you know, there's a lot of things that fans might, you know, hadn't have thought of. Um, Angela's Lane versus Nolan Edward, for example, from our September show was just an ex- extremely violent match and that's on the tonight show with matt sells uh from september that match came about because i had a thing over the summer i would just tweet random matches that i thought might be interesting with two people that i was pretty sure had never had a singles match one of them was angelus lane versus nolan edward i didn't tag either of them within 10 message 10 minutes i got messages for both of them saying can this happen 
<laughs> that's an excellent sign. Okay. <laughs> so that's how, like, that's how that match got booked. Um, and, you know, I, I, you're not going to be right all the time. There's, there's stuff we've had on shows that fell flat for, for whatever reason. Um, and maybe it just wasn't a good, mi- a good, good, uh, mix with talent. Maybe it wasn't the right time. Um, there's been a couple times on cards where it's like, Hey, the match order was, was not ideal. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's self-sabotage. Um, one in particular that I can think of, and we admitted it later, but I was wrestling on the show in my first match back and I did not want to put myself in the semi-main event. So I wrestled earlier on the card and it really should have been the semi-main event and it kind of messed some stuff up after it. And that's just like, all right, it's, it's, it's a mistake. Um, but I will say I've guessed right uh, a lot more often than, than I've guessed wrong. And when we lay out the show, myself and Dylan Hales pretty much pound the show from every aspect. It's like, all right, you know this is going to be your main event. And this is going to be your first half main event if you got an intermission. So what's going to be your first match back? What's going to be the opener? What's, you know, things will fall into place. Um circumstances may dictate where you put where you put certain matches and you know the order can be show order can be so important um because that's uh, we get a lot of compliments on how our shows flow mm-hmm. and that's you know because if you just you know, you want to keep people watching a show especially if they're sampling your product on IWTV and you want to make sure they're getting a good value for their the time invested like if somebody sits and takes two hours to watch a show I want them to feel like oh man that went by so quick yeah you don't want it to feel like a slog to get through just to be like well I'm really just watching this for X match mm-hmm. yeah I want I, you know I want it to feel like oh man you know I want to watch something else you know, and and that's and that's kind of the goal there. Okay, Have you ever had a match that you've seen, whether you've you've booked it or not? Uh, either way, but it, it, probably if you've if it's something that you've you've had on your show that that you've you've looked at and went, well, that should be a good match. It's something you kind of maybe just th- thought up on the fly or something like that that ended up just blowing it out of the water, like uh, uh, leaps and bounds what you could have expected it to be. In a good way. I'll take both. I'll take both. Actually, yeah. Why not both? Because I, I will not. You know, uh, I, I refuse to, to bury talent unless somebody's done something. And even if somebody had done something, you know, abhorrent, I probably would just never mention him again to give him that clout. But um, I, you know, I'm, I'm never going to bury talent, so I wouldn't answer in the bad way publicly. In the good way. Uh, one uh, on our October 2019 show called "For God's Sake, Kick Out," we had a lot of matches. Uh, we had eight matches, and they were all going to be bangers. There was one match we were not too sure on because it was babyface, babyface. Uh, one of the wrestlers had just had their debut and got in uh, the month before for and gotten over but you know is this going to work from a style aspect 
is this going to work? Um, are people going to be interested? Is this, you know, is this a risk? Could me this is this even the best use of both their talents because they're both talented, and both were became key guys, and it ended up pretty much uh, Dylan Hales and myself's favorite match on the show, and it was Benjamin Carter versus Matt Sells, and it was it was a style clash, and but both are such good workers that they made it work and it was compelling, so that was something where it's like, all right, we're just, we're not sure. And it's like, Hey, I, I don't know if it'll work, but they're both talented and let's see what happens. Um, more recently on our bangers only December, 2020 show, uh, Cabana man, Dan and Damian Tangra had about a seven minute match. And, uh, I was so pleased with it. Uh, I've watched it twice. And it, it was just like, oh my God, you know, it, it was, it was compelling and it came in with no issue. And it was, again, it was baby face, baby face. So, um, you, you never know how it's going to be, but if you, if, I mean, if you put a, s- incredibly good talent in your locker room and it's just from top to bottom, you don't have people that you would worry about in the ring. You could pretty much just about pick names out of a hat and whatever they come up with creatively in the ring is going to be solid. It's going to be good. I agree with that philosophy. But yeah, I mean, there's other matches, but those are the two that kind of pre and post pandemic that uh, that leap out to me in that regard. Um, and on my um, actually on my second show, we had a match with Slim J, uh, kind of a Georgia legend, which is weird to say because he was a contemporary of mine and we wrestled and teamed uh, Slim J versus Cam Carter, which is just uh, blow out of the water. I mean, it's so the stuff they did was so amazing considering it was our second show. Uh, and it was the type of match I'm like, all right, I know it's going to be good, but it wasn't good. It was incredible. Now were those, I was going to say as a promoter, which are the, which feels better? Which, which do you feel more accomplished by something like that? You're like, okay, I think this could be good. And then it ends up being incredible or the ones where, Maybe fans don't even know they want it yet, and it goes over well, and you're like, I fucking told you. I know what I'm doing. Oh, I have said I fuck. I have been in out there. Uh, I have been out there, and I said I fucking knew it. I fucking told you uh, <laughs> at my own shows, and just, yes. Uh, I don't know. That's hard to quantify. Whenever you, whenever you put something out there that you're hoping peaks and is executed at the right time, and it lands, um, for example, on my January show, we had a mystery show, and we didn't announce anything, and we didn't announce any wrestlers. And the first match, we had uh, Adam Priest come out, and then his opponent was Alan Angels. And Alan J- Angels had not been back since he, he signed with the Dark Order and All Elite. And the crowd response, you know, even for, you know, 35, 40 people was blow away incredible. And people were shocked because uh, he got the uh, welcome home hero reaction. And and the match was good, but it was like the, the reaction was just like, you know, I felt like a million bucks because it's like, you know, we you know, we said, hey, this is going to be a mystery show. We're not going to tell you anything. And I'm like, I, if we put this out there first you know, and just go throw this big surprise, you know, there might not be much left, left in the cannon for, you know, for later in the show, but we had a good feeling. So that was, um, 
you know, it's it's whenever people react to anything in a really positive way, that's that's just going to be awesome. So it's it it really whatever it is that gets that reaction is, uh, I'm going to love, no matter how we got there. It, um, if uh, so, obviously you've been running a successful independent company for for a little while now. Um, there's always going to be up and comers though, and new people that are are starting, you know, looking to possibly start up their own companies. What would be some advice you would give to that uh, to that new promoter that's that's you know, hey, I can run a show. What <laughs> easy? Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> because because if that dis- and if that discourages you, then you definitely should not do it. And then I'll say again, don't do it. Um, uh, it 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 really depends. There's 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 only two types of people who I think should get involved in promoting wrestling, and it's somebody who has a wrestling background and a good understanding of how to run shows and a good kind of upbringing in that, uh, or somebody who, even if you don't have actual pro wrestling experience, somebody who has like a business background and can understand because there's some people who get involved who have neither of those things and they and it ends up poorly and it just becomes a money mark promotion and a giant money suck excellent i was gonna say there's been some uh, we may be uh, converting this into a ted talk man i apologize i mean running a i mean and running a show there's so many there's so many aspects to it and there's like for example there's things that some promoters have to worry about greatly that i don't have to think about at all there's and and the reverse may be true. I have to uh, I have to consider, and actually the reverse is true on certain things. But I have to consider uh, very deeply that a lot of promoters don't have to. For example, if you own the building and you have your ring set up like we have at TWE in Chattanooga, which is also on IWTV and run by Jay Newman, you know they own the building. Their ring stays up all the time. They don't have to get there you know, seven hours early to set up a ring and make sure that the ring truck arrives on time and make sure you have enough talent to set it up. That's the thing I have to worry about. But some promoters have to, uh, you know, some promoters have to worry about a sound system. We have a sound system in my building. So that's, that's something I don't have ever have to consider. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, there can be so many differences back and forth. I'd, I'd love to host something, you know, that was legitimate as far as teaching people how to run shows, but I don't think that would ever go anywhere. Well, I don't know. I think you might be surprised by that. <laughs> no, A, I'm definitely buying tickets, but B, you know, I do, I do see exactly where you're coming from because we've tried to offer that sort of thing for wrestlers in terms of like, Hey, here's like promo workshops or here's, you know, character help or whatnot. And nobody ever takes it up because either A, they don't know that they need the help or B, they're cocky and know they don't need the help, quote unquote. Um, I think there needs to be an element of humbleness to go, yeah, why would I not want to learn? Like, let me look into this and, and see what I can glean from this. Yeah, if you if you think you have nothing to learn and you're pretty much, then you're pretty much done already because you've already hit your peak. <laughs> I mean, it's all downhill from there because you just say, you know, like you if you if you say that you know you don't have anything left to learn then you don't have anything left to learn so there's no way you're going to improve and get any better so whatever whatever incarnation of somebody who says you know it has that attitude then that's as good as they're ever going to get there is no upside there does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah 100% so 
again, that may be the opening line to your TED talk that we'll be converting this into. Uh, but speaking of going downhill, Chad, how I much do I get paid time. for? A, how much do I get paid for a TED talk? Great question. Great question. <laughs> We're going to pay you an exposure. Uh, <laughs> oh, you you get it. Exposure <laughs> and opportunity. That's right. <laughs> it was right place, right time is what what we call that. Anyway, um, speaking of going downhill, Chad, I think it's just about time for our final three questions here. Uh, we've talked about some very, very serious topics on this episode, so I feel like it's only appropriate that we continue that with a series of very, very serious questions. Of course, super serious questions. I feel like there should be a record scratch added in, in here. So uh, we will uh, start the final three with the uh, one we like to refer to as the Trevin Adams Memorial question, even though one Mr. Trevin is not dead. Hi, Trevin. I was about to listening. say, I just messaged with him like a month ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. He's not dead yet. No, this question is just his fault, and so it's uh, it's always in his honor. Um, but uh, it is uh, late at night. You're doing the drives. You just got done with the show. You uh, you have a rumbly in your tumbly, as it will, and you're coming over uh, coming over a hill, and you see a shining beacon of food wonderfulness in front of you. Uh, is that shining beacon a sheet, or is that shining beacon a Wawa? I live in Georgia. We don't have either of those. <laughs> and but you've been on the road. When, you were a wrestler. Come on. But, well, yeah, I'm qualifying that. I'm qualifying. <laughs> I was about to answer Waffle House, no matter what you said. But uh, when we've gone on the road and we're near, it's a it's a sheets it's a sheets all the way. Nice. And, Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I documented when we went up to WrestleMania weekend uh, in the uh, collective in. New York, New Jersey, uh, two years ago. I was definitely, we, we definitely were Sheets people. Very nice. So that, and that is, by the way, the one and only correct answer, no matter what my co-host might say. <laughs> no, um, of all the advice that I've just listened from, Matt, I'm throwing it all out now. It's all dismissible <laughs> now. <laughs> Terrible judgment. Um, I am I am interested though because Waffle House does seem to come up a lot in this uh, in, in the show. What is your go-to Waffle House order? Uh, if I'm not worried about eating healthy, it's an all-star. Uh, I do hash browns instead of grits, scattered, smothered, covered. Uh, I do bacon, sometimes sometimes ham. I like the waffle on the light side. And um, white toast. Very nice. Well, Zach Romero, I, I will... Think I, I will think I've said that before. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, you had that... Li- that was like you went into a trance there for a minute. It was amazing. <laughs> Zach Romero, I will give you the hot tag for the final two. Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, so, unfortunately, in the uh, incredible uh, lifestyle, performance art, whatever you want to call professional wrestling, we lose a lot of talent early. And so, uh, obviously, from both the point of view of a wrestler and a promoter, uh, who is a talent, be it wrestler, manager, other promoter, that is no longer alive that uh, you would have loved to have worked with or, or maybe even just talked to? Uh, which wrestling ghost are you uh, are you working with, and why? Uh, Zane Breslov. Because interesting. Uh, because I, you know, how he switched companies and brought them. Um, I would just ever from everything I hear about his, uh, you know, you read, which is not, you know, which is not a ton, but like uh, reading about him in the Nitro book, um, I think it would definitely be Zane Breslov. You know, if you could, if you consider, you know, he's just, you know, he's not a booker. Obviously, he was, you know, big, big promotions. But I would would love to. Uh, I think I would love to pick his brain. Amazing. And then our final question here: We here at the IndyCast believe 
that all animals in nature are given certain evolutionary traits to ensure their survival. So giraffes have long necks, rhinos big horns, etc., etc. Our belief is that human beings as an animal, their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So, that being said, Mr. Matt Griffin, if you could fight any animal, what would it be and what weapon would you use? I... I often, when I'm asked what match somebody should get into to, if they've never seen wrestling before, I will say the Sid Vicious versus Lee Scott squash match. So I would fight an ant with my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. You like that? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, this is the... Uh... This is officially the part of the episode where uh, one Mr. Brian Cage is officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Uh, so this is where uh, you can let everybody know where they can find your social media, merchandise, where they can watch your show this uh, this coming Friday, etc., uh, etc. Et the floor is yours. Oh, beautiful. I have to remember all the stuff I have to plug. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a huge help if somebody's not, you know, if somebody wants to sponsor a show, you can always reach out through Twitter. And follow us at uh, the Twitter handle. Handle is Wrestle Action, and the number one it's W R E S T L E Action, the number one. Facebook and Instagram is Action Wrestling, and the number one. Uh, if you if you're not in a position to sponsor, you can use promo code Action on IWTV Live, which would be great because you get a free five-day trial, and we got two shows streaming Friday, of course, um, with Anthony Henry's last independent match versus Nolan Edward as the main event of show one. And show two is featuring AC Mack defending the Action Championship against Eric Royal in a no-DQ match. Um, and you can also purchase shirts and hoodies. Our store is over at Shop iwtv.com and I'm going to throw a plug in for something that was announced two days ago there's going to be an IWTV hub uh, in April down in Tampa and we will be running a joint show action wrestling in Southern Underground Pro so uh, that'll be uh, that'll be at that and please watch and support and you know just honestly just uh, watching we get paid on hours buying merchandise uh those are definite ways to help out your um those are definitely help ways to help out your favorite indies as well as like you guys sponsoring a match if you're so inclined to sponsor a match or show and get your uh branding podcast or product out there that's uh that's so it's so key well, very nice. Well, Matt, and again, we are uh, definitely the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network is uh, proud to be a part of it. We're looking forward to the show this coming weekend, and uh, we appreciate you coming on to talk about the show and just uh, independent wrestling in general. Uh, to all of our wrestling nerds out there, thank you once again for listening uh, to the IndieCast. Uh, until next time, everybody, I am, as always, Chad Allen. I am Zach Romero. And until next time, everybody, we always say, deuces. Hope I don't poop today. You're gonna kill your spell again. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners good. professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six pack and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am 
is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.